Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're here to watch whatever that was last week. Watch the rest of the Bears games. <laughs> we're just going to enjoy the rest of the Bears games. So you don't have to, of course. Um, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. And yeah, we're, we're getting to that part of the season that's all too familiar. And that's the time of the year when we're just not going to spend very much time talking about what happens in the actual games. Yeah, there's just not a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if Fields comes back or if other interesting things happen, we'll, we'll talk about them. But that was a really bleak performance in New York last Sunday. Uh, not only was Justin Fields out, but a bunch of other guys were out that matter. A couple of important players got hurt during the game. and That was the worst part. Just wasn't a very competitive game overall by the Bears. and. You couldn't really expect it to be because the players that are playing right now are not NFL players for the most part. They're all, for the most part, players that won't be around next year. So, yeah, Bears got blown out, and that sucks in the moment. But can't really be too upset about it when you realize that a bunch of the guys that are running around out there weren't on the team at the start of the year. They're not going to be on the team next year, and they don't really matter all that much. And Fields didn't play, and... I think that the biggest takeaway is that we just collectively as Bears fans owe Justin Fields a huge thank you <laughs> for, for the first 11 games of the season because if he had been bad or if he had gotten hurt earlier and we had to watch 15, 16, 17 games like that, yeah. it would have been pretty miserable. Um, but as we've talked about, the season's been enjoyable so far. The Bears are still terrible. They're looking to get one of the top picks in the draft which we're going to go into a little bit later, and I don't have too much to say about Bears-Jets. Do you have anything on the game? Well, I mean, I I think it's um, good to recognize that the Jets are a young, good team. Yeah, they'd make the playoffs Um, if the season ended today. Of course, they've been getting fed first-round picks for a while now. I think they had three last year alone. Yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, they, they should be good. Uh, and it uh, looks like they're starting to, you know, finally develop into what they're supposed to be. So it's not it's not super surprising. the The big question mark, though, that they that they even muddled further is what do they do at quarterback? You know, um, I for one, I, while Mike White had a great game, he had a great game against arguably the worst team in the NFL. Um, certainly the worst defense is certainly the worst defense. And, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that moves along because the guy who they spent the resources on is sitting on the bench. What do you do about that too? So they have their own, uh, conundrum that they're going to have to have to work out. The one thing that we can at least look at is realize that we had Trevor Simeon out there because our real guy was, was sitting in a situation that he should have been sitting in. Yeah, I think it obviously made perfect sense that they didn't play Fields. Um, there was a lot of, call it gamesmanship, call it lying, call it whatever you want leading up to that game, but <laughs> I certainly don't think Fields was ever going to play, even though he was listed as questionable up until uh, they had to declare their inactives. I think that makes a lot of sense because – even though it's his non-throwing shoulder and even though it doesn't sound like it's a completely debilitating injury, it's certainly an injury that could get worse. And with the record that the Bears have right now, 
with the quality of blocking that he has and just with the overall status of the season, there's no reason to put him out there in harm's way if you don't have to. Right. I understand football players want to play. I'm sure that Matt Eberflus and the coaching staff want him to play, but I think that it's prudent and it's kind of the job of the front office and the general manager to say, no, if, if he's not 100%, then we're not putting him out there in a meaningless game against the Jets when we're 3-8 and eight going well, into the game. Well, in his own competitive drive. You know, I mean, he he's obviously a very competitive spirit. And he uh, he de- he's talked a little bit about, you know, how he, if he's feeling good, he wants to be out there. Now, I remember reading sure that. Does. Yeah, I, I remember reading that, he, you know, uh, when he was he was saying that when he was handing the ball off and even when he was stepping into his throws, he was feeling it, um, feeling some pain. So, uh, you know, it makes sense. But. At the same time, I am in the camp. Biggs brought this up. Uh, I am in the camp of if he is healthy, they need to put him back out there. The reason is is because you cannot substitute his time on the field in a live game with his teammates. You can't. You can't make any scenario for that other than the real thing. And he needs that experience going into next year. Now. We don't want him out there if if he's in danger of a long-term injury. And I think our coaches, our, uh, our management, and he as a player himself are smart enough to recognize that. But if if he's ready to go uh, against the cheese balls, I, I certainly want to see him trying to smoke that team. Yeah, I, I agree, obviously. If, if he is able to play at relatively full strength and if he's able to protect himself and if it's not a situation where, like, if he gets hit the wrong way, then he's going to have to have surgery and be out for several months, right? Like, it's all a, a spectrum. No NFL player is 100% at this time of the year, and a lot of them are, you know, expected to play with injuries, and most of them do because football players want to play. It's it's their job. They, right. they, they spend their entire year preparing for these 17 games, and they want to be out there. And it's good. You want players that want to play. And it's kind of incumbent in some situations on the organization to protect the player from themselves, especially in a situation like the Bears are in. It'd be one thing if the Bears were fighting for a playoff spot or home field advantage in the playoffs and they needed their quarterback. I am guessing that Fields would probably have been out there last week or this week. But they're not in that situation. They're losing games they're gonna probably lose whether or not he's out there obviously you still want to see him develop but there's there's five more games on this schedule there's no reason to throw him out there if he is going to potentially put himself in harm's way with this injury and um they got the bye week coming up too after this packers game yeah by the way like if you look at the injury report everybody that matters on the bears is on the injury report <laughs> or already ruled out. I mean, yeah. the, the, it's a late buy, which kind of stinks because obviously I'm sure the team could have used some rest a couple weeks ago and it shows there's a bunch of players that are questionable or already ruled out and it's going to be a pretty bare bones roster against the Packers. Well, and, the, you know, the biggest ones uh, you already um, glanced on, uh, losing Darnell Mooney, losing Eddie Jackson, both huge uh, 
even on a team that is not very good, doesn't have a lot of talent on it. Um, I have read nothing but good things about Eddie Jackson. Um, they, they were talking, uh, there were several players talking about the fact that uh, Eddie Jackson um, uh, invited like a, some invited over anybody on the team who didn't have something to do for Thanksgiving, come on over to my place. And he had his private chef make a huge feast, like 20 guys showed up. Yeah. And, I mean, he doesn't have to do that. There's a lot of players that wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a way of setting an example. He said that he would elevate his play this year before the season started. He did exactly that. He, he said that his blocking, I mean, his tackling would be better. It is. Um, I, I really think the guy shined uh, pretty bright. Yeah, he's had a great year. Obviously, Mooney, I think, after a slow start, has had, a few, uh, has had you know, basically a good year. Probably not what we would have expected. The injuries to both of them are just kind of scary because they both appear to be fairly serious. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, it's a list Frank. Ugh. Mooney, I don't know that we've gotten the official news as to what it is, but it looked horrible. So I, I think the cons- it's his is ankle. It was ankle, but yeah. I mean the guy basically crushed his leg. Yeah. Fell right on him. So um both kind of situations where, you know, I, I immediately like it's one thing that they're ruled out for the rest of this year. I mean, whatever. Season's going nowhere, but I immediately started thinking about I just hope this isn't debilitating for either of them going into next year or the rest of their career, right? I mean, right. that Mooney one, that looked like the type of thing that could be a very, very long-term recovery. Hopefully it's not as bad as it looked, but it looked really bad. Eddie Jackson, obviously a Liz Frank, that's a long recovery too. And, yep. you know, it's, it's not like it's not like you're playing Madden where, where, where you, like, you can kind of like fast forward to next year. <laughs> it's like... These like Mooney in particular, like Jackson's a vet, but Mooney, I mean, he, I'm sure, was looking forward to the off season because I'm sure he had a lot of things that he wanted to focus on to become better as a player. Right. And now he's going to have to spend probably the majority, if not all, of his off season just getting back to the level he's at now. But and that, um, that sucks. So. But uh, he did get his um, surgery done already. Mooney did. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, so we'll see. That's the way I understand it. Yeah, it could be. Um, so there's no real way to avoid it. I mean, like we said earlier, if, if these guys are healthy, they're going to play. It's not like you can shut down healthy players. And I guess I didn't know this, but I guess that field in New York is just notorious for having a lot of injuries, Turf. which makes no sense to me that there, there was players, uh, there's players, uh, um, uh, te- uh, Twitter, uh, tweeting about it after the sure. game, um, get rid of turf. Yeah, I mean, there's a few fields like that. I mean, Detroit, the same sort of thing was going on earlier this year where the Packers, I think, lost a couple players in Detroit on turf. The field in Washington is notoriously bad. The field in Jacksonville. This is one of those things that makes no sense when these owners are investing hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars into these players and they can't give them the best possible playing surface. Yeah, what is that? I, I don't know. I think it's just really, really rich people being rich and being, ass- <laughs> being, a- being assholes, right? I mean, it's like they're going to make their money no matter what, so why, why are they going to invest a cent more than they have to? It's not something that I understand, and it's a shame because a lot of these – or not a lot of them. Like, there's nothing you can do about the Mooney thing. The guy crushed his leg, but right. the Eddie Jackson non-contact injury – 
you hate to think that a guy has to go through a long rehab process for an injury that could maybe have been preventable, but unfortunately, that's just the status of the NFL in some of these fields. But yeah, I mean, you just hope that it's not a career debilitating injury for either of the two, especially Mooney, because he was probably due for a pretty nice contract extension and a big payday. That's probably a little bit in jeopardy now until we see how his recovery goes. Jackson obviously sucks too, but at least he's made his money and he's a vet and I think he'll be back. So yeah, it sucks. Um, obviously they actually played in the game. Uh, both Kylo Gordon and Brisker missed the game with concussions. It's a right. Still in concussion protocol. I would prefer they just let them miss this Packer game too and heal up over the bye. Um, it's a injured team right now. And yeah. the, the thing is, like, until last week, I would have said the Bears were probably one of the healthier teams in the NFL. They just haven't had a ton of major injuries, and that all changed last week, which which sucks. And it's just kind of one of those things that there's, there's no real silver lining to it. You just hope everybody heals up and is ready to go for next year. Well, I was looking just uh, real quick here to see if he has had surgery. And um, right now, uh, they're just saying uh, it's it's a like it, he's likely to have surgery. So he has not had surgery yet, uh, uh, from what I can see. But, um, you know, obviously we'll want, uh, like you said, we'll, want, uh, we'll hope that he gets that done quickly uh, and that he that he heals up uh, fast. Uh, but that's all you can really hope for right now. And, you know, um, I, I, I don't think we'll have to wait and see how that gets handled by polls. Uh, you know, whether uh, that affects him getting an extension or not. I wouldn't think it would greatly, but, um, you know, well, I, cause I know that he, Paul seems to really like Mooney. Yeah. Uh, and so I would think that that would, uh, and he knows how hard that kid has worked. So I think that would weigh in his favor, but at the same time, this is a business, you know, and at a certain level, they look at it as like, well, you know, he's going to cost this much money and he's going to take up a spot. And is he going to elevate back to where he was and all those kind of things. So we'll have to wait and see how that works out. Yeah. I was just coming from that, uh, just thinking about the severity of the injury, right? Like if he's not going to be able to run until eight months from now. It's a factor. Yeah, and you just have to then think about, all right, is this an injury that maybe prevents him from achieving the potential that he once had? We shouldn't speculate about that. We'll see what happens, obviously. Um, We'll learn more about how severe the injury actually was as the next weeks pass along. But just just sucks because it's a player that, like you said, works really hard and is – made good uh on being a fifth round pick and i think has hopefully still a lot of potential it just looked like a really ugly injury and like i said hopefully it's not as bad as it looked um it's the only other thing that was probably a more lighthearted topic was just like the trevor simeon nathan peterman thing (laughs) Um, (laughs) what was that (laughs) it was kind of funny like so on sunday morning i was driving back to the twin cities from thanksgiving um and I was listening to the pregame show on the radio. It was Manly and Mike Mulligan and Dan Pompey. And, like, it's, like, 11.35, and I'm getting close to the the bar to meet all you guys. And 
uh, all of a sudden, like, they're just talking about whatever, and somebody comes on the radio, and they're like, hey, guys, 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 uh, I got a bunch of tweets here. Trevor Simeon is out, and Nathan Peterman's going to be starting. <laughs> and, like, immediately, like, all the, the guys on the pregame show are just like, that guy sucks. Like, <laughs> oh, man, this game's going to be brutal. And then they started talking about the Nathan Peterman started against the Bears a couple years ago, and he threw all the interceptions, and the, the poor kid was just getting raked over the coals. And then I switched over to another show that I listened to pregame, and they were doing the same thing. And I felt bad for Nathan Peterman because it felt like it was the opportunity for everybody that was doing a pregame or just on social media. It was like their opportunity to get off their best <laughs> Nathan Peterman joke. And then the kid didn't even get to play. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a pretty strange situation. And then they make it even stranger by Flus deciding to wait literally until a quarterback walked on on the field yeah. before uh, before letting us see who actually the starter was. What? I don't understand what that was. I, well, I mean, I'm sure the Jets were, were shaking on the other side, yeah. not knowing if they had to prepare for Nathan Peterman or Trevor Simeon. I'm sure yeah. that they were really worried about having to They were talking their... to a couple of Jets guys after the game, and they were like, yeah, we just knew that number one wasn't going to be yeah. playing. Yeah. So. I mean, well, and, and Peterman might start this week. Uh, Fields... May still not go, and Simeon isn't practicing right now, so it must have been a real injury. They probably just shot him up with a bunch of painkillers, and he felt okay to go, but yeah. maybe now, after a couple more days have gone by, maybe he's not going to be ready to go against Green Bay, so we might still see some of the Peterman uh, over the last part of the season here, and the Bears also signed another guy today to play quarterback, That's someone off the Lions practice squad, so I'm sure, wow. I'm sure he's really good. Uh, I think it was actually the guy. I think it was the guy that started against the Bears on Thanksgiving like three years ago. Okay, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But. It, do, it, 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 it doesn't matter. But I mean, all of these guys could play, right? I mean, right. They've got two injured quarterbacks and a terrible offensive line. And is Chase Daniel available? No, he's he's getting a check from uh, who does he play for now? He plays for the. the is Chargers. he still getting a check from us? Probably, but he Probably. plays for somebody. Um, but. Yeah, I mean... Well, he, he's on the roster. He doesn't ever really play. <laughs> Hall of Famer, though. I mean, just... When you talk, when you talk Smart, about... Smartest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Yeah, when you, when you talk about just the business side of things, I mean, absolute genius. But, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears handle this quarterback situation. Obviously, if Fields is healthy, he will play. But, I mean, there are still the five games left. And if Fields and Simeon are already hurt... I mean, it's not out of the question that they get hurt again. The Bears quarterbacks are going to be getting hit 10 times a game. Well, it, and uh, I am of the firm opinion that if uh, if if he is healthy and um, they and ready to go, uh, then he he should be out there. And I think he will be. But if he's if he is still if that shoulder is still bothering him and dinged, then yeah, you wait until after the bye. And I think that's what they'll do. I, I think they're going to err on the side of caution. I mean, Brian Pohl has already punted this season, basically. He, right. didn't, he didn't sign anybody, and he traded away all the good players. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I, I think <laughs> it's questionable how good they were, but <laughs> yeah. all, all, like all, all of like the representative NFL starters, at least. Right. So 
I, I think when they've already made up their mind that they were basically just not going to try to win this season, it wouldn't make sense to throw him out there if he's not ready to go, and I don't think they will. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, if I had my prediction, I think that it might be uh, Simeon or maybe even Peterman starting this game against the Packers, which should make for a, a great viewing experience for all involved. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i going to go ahead and agree with you on that. I, I think that probably, um, you know, one of the backups gets the, it gets the start, but um, – Hopefully, uh, after you know the bye, uh, he'll he'll have had three weeks rest. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll be he'll actually be grinding his teeth to get back out there and finish out the season. Um, it doesn't get any easier after the bye. You got the Bills and the Eagles back to back. Oh yeah, and you know what? I think he'll be I think he'll be ready for that. And I think um, he'll want to go out there and play against those defenses. Exactly. Uh, you know uh, so. You mentioned uh, some of the guys who we said uh, adios muchachos to. Uh, and, uh, you know, Robert Quinn, I just, I, I think I read yesterday that he has one tackle and one hurry. Yeah, he's been like a non-factor. It's, it's like uh, the first season in Chicago. Maybe he just has trouble adjusting to new situations or something. Maybe. But, yeah, he's been a non-factor. And, I mean, by the way, he wasn't really much of a factor here this year either. No, he wasn't at all, actually. Um, uh, but, um, uh, and the other one, uh, Roquan, uh, well, I, I guess I've heard that he's, you know, making some tackles. But number one tackler the last four weeks, say it, Jack Sanborn. Oh, on the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the NFL. Oh, wow, okay. He is the number one tackler. That's what I read. He is the number one tackler the last four weeks. He is the number one in the NFL. I mean, Stanborn looks okay. Yeah, I, th- I mean, he doesn't look like the coming of Brian Urlacher. No. But um, he definitely is playing with a lot of spirit. I think that he has supplanted himself as somebody that will be on the team next year. Yeah. Ideally in a backup slash special teams role. I th- I disagree. I think he will earn himself a starting spot. Uh, and you know what? Like, you know, uh, what, what we're looking for him to be anyway is the off the ball linebacker. Uh, so I think he, I think he's a, you know, that's a good spot for him. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I mean, really, uh, what they got to do is they still have to bring in another linebacker. They still have to upgrade that that group. They need to bring in like three new linebackers. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like it's not like Nicholas Morrow or Matt Adams or who's the other guy, Thomas. Joe, yeah, Joe. I mean, none of them have really distinguished themselves. No, I mean, Morrow's been out there, but yeah. it's not like he's making a bunch of plays. Sanborn at least shows a little, I mean, like you said, he's around the ball. He's got a bunch of tackles. He looks like he's going to have a very nice NFL career. He has a, he has a pick. He has a, um, uh, the one that got called back. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but that, that wasn't his fault that it got called no, back. That was, that was a, still an interception. Yeah. He made a nice play on the ball too. Yeah. Well, it's funny that we're talking about this and I was thinking about this again on, on my drive back from Illinois. It's like, there is so much unknown still with this team. Uh, sure. Obviously, with Fields, it's kind of put lipstick on the pig a little bit because everyone's been excited that we've got the quarterback, and obviously that's the biggest part. But it is. If you had to just go through and list off like what other players on the roster are like 
guaranteed to go into training camp day one next year as like the starter at their position right now is like two. It's, yeah. It's like Jalen Johnson. You would have said Darnell Mooney. I don't know. Jalen Johnson has not had a great year. He's still going to be the starter. He's going to get a big extension this offseason, though. Probably, even though I don't know whether he... His his metrics really are not that great. Yeah, you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt, I think, because the Bears don't get anywhere near the quarterback. Um, J- uh, Jaquan Brisker will Brisker. be will be a starter. Brisker and Gordon, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Claypool. And then Claypool. That's probably it, right? Um, well, uh, Khalil Herbert. Komet. A Komet will definitely be. Herbert, yeah, I mean, he'll be a, he'll for sure be in the rotation. Um, so just, okay, so looking at the offense, right? So, uh, obviously, the receiver group is Claypool and Mooney. Assuming Mooney is Assuming healthy. Mooney. We'll just play devil's advocate for right now that he will be healthy, okay? So... Yes, and then the running backs. Um, well, will they or won't they keep uh, Mont- Montgomery? That that yet that's yet to be seen. But Khalil Herbert won't won't fall down suddenly. He'll, he'll be back. Yep. Um, and then along the offensive line, uh, you know, um, well, it certainly looks like Tevin Jenkins is. He he came back and had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Um. I still, I still like Braxton Jones to be our left tackle. Uh, I know that there's been quite a bit of criticism of him, but I, I think that the, for what he has been given and the fact that he is a rookie, uh, I think he has a lot to build on. He can go into the offseason and get stronger and um, work more on his technique. I think he's still our starting left tackle next year. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly on the team, and we could do a deeper dive on this later on. Yeah. But certainly on the team, I don't know for sure if he'll walk into camp as the franchise left tackle. It wouldn't shock me if they tried to move him to the other side or if they drafted a, a left tackle and right. had the two compete. And then, you know, I, I think certainly on the team, I think he's done enough for that. Jenkins, I mean, I think he's played well, but there's just enough uncertainty with that whole situation. We'll see if, if they bring him back. Right. White hairs probably back but probably you know he's making a lot of money and maybe they cut him i mean other than that i mean mustafer probably not no right tackles a, a turns dial at the moment yeah. uh, they don't even know who's going to be starting there this week yeah and so okay flipping it over to the other side who do you <laughs> I, I think justin jones is back i i think justin jones has actually had a pretty good season yeah, i think he's been okay he's probably been i mean best. he's he's not a stud yeah. and i don't think he i don't think it was presented at the beginning of the season that he was no he was plan b obviously they yeah. missed out on their guy uh, i think he's been did they give him two years yeah, I okay. think so. So, yeah, I think he'll certainly be back. I mean, maybe in more of a rotation. But I still like Dominique Robinson to develop into a, uh, into a, uh, a defensive end that must be planned for. Yeah, he'll be in the rotation for sure. We'll see if he takes the next I don't know about Tayshawn Gibson, though. Travis Gibson. Or Travis Gibson. Yeah, he hasn't done much. He really hasn't. He's been kind of invisible. Um, and... Uh, what about Al Quad and Muhammad? I think he'll be back. He's not. Yeah. He's not a difference maker, though. I don't think so either. He's a rotational guy, right? Like, so because because on the defensive line, we definitely need another three technique. Yeah. Because um, Jones should be the off guy. 
uh, and um, hopefully they're able to, you know, uh, bring in, you know, a couple of guys as far as rushing the passer is concerned. Yeah, for sure. I think Robinson is a guy that, you know, has some potential. Well, I'm sure that it's going to be a big focal point for them to make sure that he continues to develop in the off season just because he's so inexperienced um yeah our sack leader has two yeah uh, <laughs> i couldn't even i couldn't even guess who that is is it brisker <laughs> I, I don't actually know yeah. i just remember reading that our sack leader has they had, two. A, they had a sack from a defensive lineman against the jets for the first time in like eight weeks or something right. i mean it's it i mean you're basically replacing an entire front seven that was jones no, it was uh, Watts. Oh, you're right. It was Watts. Um, yeah. And then, and that's been a nice pickup. He's a young guy, too. Yeah, he's been okay. He, so, he, he'll be a great rotational piece. So, like, there are players that will be back, but in terms of, like, your set-in-stone, like, day-one starters, like... There's not very many. Yeah, there's, there's almost none. So, it's a huge project here, and we knew that going in. It's just that it's been so much fun watching Justin Fields that... It's not that you forget how bad the rest of the team is, but you just kind of didn't care. Yeah, and that's not going to be the case next year. They're going to have to, they're going to have to bring in thirty guys, probably, and they'll have the resources to do that. They're going to have a bunch of draft picks. They're going to have a bunch of money, but it was, and was, see, that's the that right there though is you know you're pointing it out a great you're you're making a great point is that he is in position to do that because that's part of this whole thing. Like this that was the point of this year, right? Yeah. to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success going forward, but it was kind of funny. I was like listening to Biggs and he was like, "Well, the people that want the Bears to tank, you got to remember that'll be a 10-game losing streak to end the year and that's going to leave a mark on this young core." And I'm like, "What's the young core?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you got you got some guys that'll be around, but right. the, the core is not here yet other no. than I would say Fields, Mooney, Claypool. Like there that, will there John, will be some core players that come out of this, but you know that 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 can be interpreted a lot of ways, right? Because you know at the same time, you do need good number two guys. You you know I mean you you can't just be looking at just the starters, right? You do need guys that are going to be that that off guy. That's what I'm saying about like Justin Jones, right? Justin Jones to me doesn't strike me as he's going to take his play to an elevated spot beyond what he is right now. But he certainly seems like he he's going to be a good player to have next year. Yeah, I agree. I think he's a solid piece, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's not your difference maker. He's not your stud three technique, but he's certainly somebody that you can put on the line, and if he is surrounded by an actual NFL defense, he's not going to look out of place. Right, right. And, no, we need another Tommy Harris. Yeah. We need another super speed uh you know defensive tackle very strong um we need one of those guys like Jalen Carter would be an awesome addition to the team you know um but he's definitely going to be one of the he's going to be one of the top players taken yeah he'll be I mean depending on probably within the five depending on five yeah depending on how the quarterback market shakes up I mean there's always quarterbacks that fly up the board but I think you know it's going to be for sure Bryce Young Stroud Will Anderson and then, yeah, Carter's one of the other players that's going to be in the discussion. Right. You assume that teams are going to get dumb and take quarterbacks high, so that might push him out of the top five. But, yeah, he's probably 
if you take. Uh, no, he he. I'm pretty sure he goes in the top five. Maybe if you take quarterback out of it, he's certainly one of the top five players in the draft. Probably the top three. So. Yeah, and you know, um, it, it uh, what will be interesting to see about that is how some teams react to the um to taking a quarterback because uh, one that immediately pops up is the Seattle Seahawks have had a pretty good year with Geno Smith. Do they? Now he's thir- 32, I think. Yeah. And so, uh, do they keep trying to roll with that, or uh, and maybe they maybe they do the we'll keep trying to roll with it, and we'll let Pete Carroll go ahead and make a a, a pick later on, because the last time he made a pick on quarterback, he didn't do so shabby, <laughs> and that was a third round pick. People forget that about Wilson. Yeah, right. And he was the day one starter, right? Yeah, he, day he, one. He walked into camp uh, day one as the third round pick, and he beat out the guy. Who was the guy that they gave all the money to? <laughs> that, the guy from uh, the, Green Bay. The bum packer. Yeah. Whatever. But, yeah, he, he walked in and took a job Actually, away. Actually, I think that was his name. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> Wilson walked in, and he took the job from him and started every game that year over – the veteran that they gave whatever it was 12 million bucks to or whatever so you know obviously like you said Pete Carroll knows what he's doing a lot of people made fun of him for trading Russell Wilson and rolling with Geno Smith but he's he's getting the last laugh who's laughing now yeah Yeah. Uh, and and, you know the thing is is that um looking at this year it, it makes you reflect back on his history and he has had a history of getting a lot out of guys that weren't really that good uh, even before the NFL, Mark Sanchez and Matt Barkley. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, you know, those guys look like all Americans. They were all Americans, you know. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. That's a that's a team. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how they roll because, um, you know, they got they've got some serious ammo going into this draft. Well, um, so uh, let's uh, skip on over to, we're going to do a quick blurb on power rankings for the week of 13. So the added on the power rankings this week is in addition to our updated rankings, we checked in with NFL Nation reporters across the league and asked them what expectations for the rest of the season are for each team entering December. So our number one team, Kansas City Chiefs at 9-2. and two. Last week's ranking, number one. They're not going anywhere. You know, I mean, uh, winning the AFC's top playoff seed and going to the Super Bowl, right? And then at the top, the number two team is the Philadelphia Eagles at 10-1. and one. Uh, You know, going to, the, going to the NFC Championship game winning the Super Bowl, right? So we'll skip down to our first NFC Norse team, which of course is the Vikings. The Vikings stayed at number six with a nine and two record. Uh, what are you saying about the about the Minnesota Vikings? Um, well, obviously big game for them this week against the Jets. Kind of wraps up their this four game stretch they've been on where it was a four game stretch against like really good to pretty good teams and they've gone one and two in that right or no that's not right they've got they went two and two one. and one uh so uh nine nine and two is where they sit and 
you know, it's just kind of one of those things where nobody's really giving them a shot, and you understand why. Their defense isn't very good. People don't trust Kirk Cousins. They've had some luck this year. It's not like they've been very impressive in a couple of the big spots they were in, even though they did play well on Thanksgiving, at least offensively. Um, we're going to see what happens this week against the Jets. A lot of people that I've listened to this week think the Jets are going to come to Minneapolis and beat the Vikings. You can certainly see it happening. Uh, Mike, you know, the Jets have, as we just saw, one of the best defenses in the league, and you get this awesome matchup of Justin Jefferson versus uh, Sauce Gardner, who a lot of people think is already the best cornerback in the NFL. Um, and if that Jets defense... Almost a shoe-in for um, Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, with, like, no interceptions. It's just, like, the amazing thing. It's like teams aren't even throwing at him, which is a lot of respect for a, a first-year player. For a player. rookie, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if the Jets can come in and hold the Vikings to 20 points, and then we'll see if Mike White can get to that versus a defense that hasn't played very well. Uh, obviously, this is still a good home-field advantage up here, and... We're going to see if Mike White, because he kind of had a, a fake game against the Bears. This is a whole different ball game coming to Minnesota and a right. raucous crowd. Um, but, you know, I just, you know, you definitely don't see the Vikings getting a lot of respect, and you, you understand why, because even though they're 9-2, and two, can't take that away from them. But it's not a very impressive 9-2, and two, I guess is the right, right. way to phrase it. So uh, the realistic expectation, split their final six games, win the NFC North, and host two playoff games. That's a pretty big expectation. It is realistic to think the Vikings will have a record of at least 12-5 and five or better. Yeah. The Vikings have the seventh easiest remaining schedule and that there are only two teams with winning records, the Jets and the Giants. Um, the Giants are free-falling. Yeah, and they are. Uh, but they still have to play all three NFC North rivals on the road, and it's tough to project a sweep there, even in a down year. Definitely throw away the division records when it comes to a divisional game on the road. Uh, you know, um, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see how that uh, works out. But you know, even in this microcosm right here, the two teams that are ranked above them, the two NFC teams that are ranked above them, are the Eagles and the Cowboys, both who destroyed the Vikings. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's what makes me hesitant about that team. And their one other, their, their super win, the win of the century, you know, it, it, to me, yes, they won that game. They put themselves in a position win, but still they won because of a, a freak play by the Bills themselves. The Bills shot themselves in the foot. Um, okay, so uh, going on down. Uh, of course, you know, the way this uh, division is playing, uh, we got to really roll <laughs> all the way down to the Packers at number 19. They were at number 19 last week. Um, Why are they still 19? I, I don't know because uh, I don't think they're that good. But um, it says the realistic expectation, getting a closer look at what they have in Jordan Love. After Love came on and relief for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night versus the Eagles, it opened the conversation of what the Packers should do for the rest of the season, given the record. Could be a delicate situation, depending on what Rodgers wants to do next season. But his quote-unquote injuries, his thumb and his ribs, uh, make it a little easier to sit him. The bottom line is the Packers need to see what they have in Love, and playing several weeks in a row could help make that clear. What do you think? 
Yeah, it's interesting. Rogers said that as long as they're not mathematically eliminated, he wanted to be out there, which <laughs> is, is not something I'm quite sure I ever have heard a football player say. Mm-mm. But, I mean, if they're not already mathematically eliminated, like, for all intents and purposes, they are. Yeah. They're 4-8. They're, they're not going to run the table. But, you, you know, you, you could have maybe seen him shut it down after they lost in Philadelphia, but... You know what Rodgers loves most, and that's coming to Chicago and sticking it to the oh, Bears. Oh, man, he loves that. So they're coming here this week, and then the Packers go on a bye. It would not surprise me if, if this game at Soldier is kind of Rodgers' last act. Like he's there's, there's been reports all year that this might be his last year. You know that Chicago is one of his favorite places to play. Maybe he'll want to play one more game in front of the Lambeau crowd, but, you know— like that article said, Jordan Love didn't look that bad against the Eagles in Philly, which is not an easy place to play. And after their bye, they've got four games against pretty bad defenses right now. I'm just looking at it. They play the Rams, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and the Lions. So it probably would be better off for the long-term franchise to get a look and see what they have in love if anything right rogers once he probably comes to soldier and wins for his last time i don't know how much more he has left to play for this year right because they're not going to the playoffs and he is banged up so we're gonna see how it plays out i mean the the other side of that is i'm pretty sure the packers owe him like 50 million dollars next year yeah so actually i think it's closer to 60 it, million. It, it might be it's an ungodly sum of money so if he if he retires, he's walking away from that. So I don't know if he will or not. Depends, I guess, how much money he has already made and how much he values another sixty million. Maybe he's already made enough and he just wants to go sit on the beach and do his psychedelics. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you, it, it'll be interesting to follow. And I guess if this is his, it, it kind of stinks because you'd kind of hoped that maybe this game at Soldier Fields would beat Rogers and it would kind of be like the passing of the mantle in the division, but Fields, that would be awesome. Fields probably isn't going to play. And even if he is, I don't think this bears team can beat the Packers, even though the Packers aren't very good. Right. So, um, we'll see how it plays out. I'm sure Rogers will be trying to stick it to the fans at soldier this week. Probably for one last time. That's, anyway, that's, that's uh, poop. Uh, I'd like to poop on his head. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Lions uh, four and seven. Their week twelve ranking twenty three, uh, which was the same as last week. Um, realistic expectation doubling their win total from last season. <laughs> <laughs> the expectations were higher in year two of the Dan Campbell area, although they got off to a rough one and six start. Lately, the Lions have been the hot, one of the hottest teams in the league, winning three of their past four games. Might not finish 500 this year, but they do have the opportunity to double their win total from the three and 13 and one season of last year. Wow, that's that's a that's a heck of a goal, right? Go, let's go from three wins to six wins. <laughs> yeah, um, they're they're playing better. Um, as much as I've been a critic of Dan Campbell, they're still playing pretty well for this point of the year and they're still playing hard and it sounds like they believe in him so i think if dan campbell's back that's good for the bears because i don't think dan campbell's a good coach (laughs) but um you know the the lions are at least looking a little bit more competitive over the last few weeks which is more than you could say for their first eight games or so. that's true so, uh, so, I have on them. <laughs> so the Bears are uh, at 29, 
Uh, they fell from 25 down to 29. And they're going to stay there. And they're going to stay there. Who, who, uh, do they, who do they have behind them? Out of curiosity. <laughs> uh, I, I assume the Texans and then probably the Broncos and the Rams. So Texans at 32. Broncos at 31. Rams at 30. Good, good call there. Boy, do they really think that the Bears would lose to those? I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. If, if it's Simeon, then I don't know who the Bears are. Yeah. Uh, so the realistic expectation, focusing on Justin Fields' development. Courtney Cronin says the Bears should put all their efforts in into toward building for 2023 when Fields returns from an injury to his non-throwing soldier, <laughs> soldier F Freudian slip, I guess, uh, shoulder. Everything should be geared toward helping him develop his skills as a passer, being able to win from the pocket. Fields has yet to attempt more than 28 passes or throw for more than 208 yards in a game this season. Therefore, the Bears' goal of creating a sustainable offense for their future franchise quarterback needs to be the focal point the rest of the way. Wholeheartedly agree. Of course, this is still leaving out the big, uh, you know, the elephant in the room of the fact that his offensive line is not good and he, he doesn't really have that many guys to throw it to. So... Uh, but I definitely agree with her. Uh, you, even if they're making, even if they're short passes, right? You and I have talked about that before. Short, high completion percentage passes uh, for the four to six yard range. Do some of those, right? At least he's passing the ball and using that as a, as a tool in his arsenal. Yep. So, um, I will quickly, uh, oh, let's uh, switch over to... The tank rankings. The tank rankings, So yes. this is something new that I wanted to introduce this week because obviously when you get to this point of the year, you start thinking about the draft and a big sentiment amongst Bears fans right now is a lot of people say they want the Bears to lose out so they get the best possible draft pick. Sir Tank available. And that's obviously understandable because once you realize that, I mean, basically this whole year we knew the Bears weren't going to the playoffs. So... You've kind of watched this whole year with with draft positioning in mind. So um, the tanker, the tank master, the tank dorfer, <laughs> and I wanted to break it down, kind of like what this looks like specifically. So I guess everything I'm about to say is kind of predicated on the Bears losing their last five games, which <laughs> which very well could happen. It could. It's a big if, though. I mean. Bad teams win games randomly all the time. Um, when you get to the last few weeks of the season, there's a lot of injuries. You don't know who's going to be playing. You don't know which teams are going to have quit. The Bears have kind of a unique situ- – not a unique situation, but unfortunately their last game is against the Vikings, who might very well have their playoff seed locked up, and they might be playing their backups. Yep. So it's not necessarily a given that the Bears are going to lose their last five. But I'm sure if we – take out if we assume that the other team is going to at least have like a representative lineup in there the bears will be underdogs in their last five games and i think when you just look at the players that are playing for the bears right now especially at quarterback without fields it's pretty likely that they lose their last five so yeah what does that mean in terms of draft position so when you go on tankathon.com which is the website that kind (laughs) of tracks this it says that if the season ended today the bears would be picking second and that's a little bit misleading because the Bears have not had their bye. So right. they've played one more game than most teams, and that means they have an extra loss. So next week, 
when the Bears go on their bye, the rest of these teams will play, and every team at that point will have played the same amount of games. And so uh, the way that I'm going to approach this is basically assuming that the Bears, who have three wins right now, are, are tied with the other teams that have three wins. And the tiebreaker in this case actually works against the Bears. The tiebreaker is strength of schedule. Yeah. And the Bears actually have, like, the strongest strength of schedule in the league yep. right now. So, basically, if the Bears are tied with another team, you, they can assume, fall. you can assume the other team will pick ahead of the Bears. Yep. So, right now, if we just look at the teams that have three wins, there's, there's, there's three of them. Obviously, I guess the Texans would be the first overall pick right now. They're they're one and nine. Yeah, their uh, their percentage uh, to um, to secure the the top pick is I think it's about forty percent. It's very high, um, but then the Bears are next, and they're tied with two teams: the Rams and the Broncos. Two just awful teams, right? Like just completely circling the drain. Like, but similar in the fact that they could win games. Well, so there's two things that work in the Bears' favor here. The, the first is that neither the Rams or the Broncos own their pick next year. So they don't really have any, like, incentive to tank because the Rams traded their first-round pick to the Lions for yep. Matt Stafford, and the Broncos traded their pick to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson. Um, so How is that working out, by the way? Bad. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing that's working in the Bears' favor. And the other thing is that these two teams, the Rams and the Broncos, actually play each other. Ah! On, on Christmas Day, nonetheless, so so Merry Christmas. But that means one of them has to win. So if the Bears... If, <laughs> one of them has to win. <laughs> so if the Bears lose out, that means the worst they could possibly do is picking third. Actually, one of them doesn't have to win because they could tie. And if they tie, that actually It still really, works in our favor. That really helps the Bears yeah. because then the Bears jump both of them. Right. Which is obviously great. So Bears fans, hope for a tie. Or just hope that... Both of those two teams that I just mentioned find a way to win another game. Uh, they both have a couple of winnable games left or in Or just schedule. hope that the earth opens up and swallows the Packers. <laughs> the Packers, funnily enough, would be picking eighth if the season ended today. Ah! So hopefully they win a couple more and they're probably going to win this week. Um, it was kind of funny. Last week was a really good tank win, or a really good tank week for the Bears. Because it was. Going into last week, eight teams had three wins, including the Bears, and five of them won. So uh, the Bears, I think, going into last week would have been picking ninth. Now they're up to third, assuming all things kind of go the Bears' way. And by go the Bears' way, I mean they lose the rest of their games. Yeah. But that's something to keep in mind when we talk about that strength of schedule thing because that basically means that the Bears will get penalized very heavily if they win another game. So obviously – you know, when you're watching the games, you want to root for the Bears to win. But just using this week as an example, say the Bears win and have four wins, that could potentially push them out of the top ten, even because they. I don't think that's likely though. They that they win. Yeah. I don't either. But just think about that when you're watching <laughs> Bears Packers. You, you want you want to hear because I actually kind of looked at the Texans too just to see like what would need to happen for the Bears to get the first pick. And it's actually not as impossible as you would think. So if the Bears lose the rest of their games, the Texans would need to win twice for the Bears to jump them because the Texans have a tie. So if the Texans win two more games, they'd end 3-13-1. and one. 
and the Bears would end 3-14. and 14. So the Bears would have one more loss, and they would jump the Texans, even though the Bears beat the Texans. Sure. So Possible, not probable. Well, not probable, especially because you would say, well, the Texans are just terrible, and how are they ever going to win two more games? And <laughs> there is, and that, that, that's pretty much the case. There is something to that, but if you look at their schedule, first of all, their, their, their last two games, the Texans are against the Jaguars and the Colts. So those are going to be like kind of meaningless games, kind of throw out the record books. You don't know if any of those teams are going to be trying at all. Maybe the Texans get one or both of those. I think the Jags will. I don't know about the Colts. The Jags should still be. They've been playing better. The Colts are just, you know. They're a mess. Dead team walking. And the Texans this week, they have their Super Bowl because Deshaun Watson is coming back for the Browns. That's right. And Browns at Texans. It'll be the last time this wow. maybe the only time this year that the Texans have some semblance of a home field advantage because you know it's going to be I bet a, that gets a good share. And you know it's going to be a, a full house of people that show up to, to boo Deshaun Watson. Oh man. So the Texans who have been playing in front of like 17 people are going <laughs> to have a, a packed stadium. You know it's going to be their biggest game. Maybe if Deshaun Watson's rusty, maybe he throws a couple picks. I mean, everyone assumes Deshaun Watson's going to come back and play up to the level he was playing at before, but it's like this will be his first game in almost two years. Yeah. So it's not out of the question that maybe the Texans get some good luck bounces, maybe they get a couple interceptions, and you know you kind of get. I, I don't, I'm hesitant to say like the storybook ending of them beating Deshaun Watson because I don't think there's like any heroes in this story, no. in, including the Texans. Yeah. But it's it's certainly not impossible that they win two more games and the Bears lose the rest of theirs. I wouldn't bet on it, but hey, if, if you want something else meaningless in your life to care about you can root for the texans to, <laughs> to win two more games and then the bears can get that first overall okay pick. so, so i'm gonna keep that in my mind hopefully that all made sense and it wasn't too boring but wanted to go through it no that's awesome but, and uh you know what i'm 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 definitely gonna root for root for some texans and by the way the, the broncos this week play the ravens and the rams this week play the seahawks and the Rams are going to be without Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. So I think I think both the Broncos and the Rams will will lose this week, which will not help the Bears' cause. But hey, they've each got five more chances to win a game and to then blow that draft position. Matt Stafford plays for the Los Angeles Rams in 2023. Boy, you know the thing is with them is that they kind of sold off their entire next five years to win that Super Bowl. Yep. And I think most teams would make that trade. But, yeah, I mean, going into next year, the Rams are obviously not going to have any draft picks. I don't think they're going to be in any position to really sign any free agents. So it wouldn't surprise me if not only Matt Stafford retires, but also if McVay retires, Aaron Donald. Like, all these guys could just retire because they're not going to want to stick around for this rebuild. Yeah. And, you know, more power to them. They've all made oodles and oodles of money but yeah it's gonna be a rough next few years for for rams fans if there are even any and, uh, <laughs> no i i would guess that stafford doesn't especially this year now that he's got i think three concussions this year it's like dude just go hang out with your family and your kids and live in your mansion and go sail around and do whatever you want don't don't play football anymore there's no reason to you've got your ring yeah exactly so okay uh We'll, we're going to do the quick roundup on, on the game. So, uh, Jets at Vikings. Uh, looks like the matchup predictor has uh, Minnesota 69.5%, Jets 30%. 
I mean, wow, that is surprising. I guess that's just based on the quarterback, but it really would not surprise me if the Jets come and turn the Vikings over a couple times. And if you do that, then you got a chance to win a game. I know it's Mike White. Um, I don't think he's great, despite how easily he picked apart the Bears' defense. But I, I, I think the Jets could easily come up here and win. I think it's probably about 50-50, depending on turnover luck. Yeah, uh, so it's Minnesota uh, by three. Um, well, uh, a big thing is uh, Christian Derisaw back out there. I mean that that will uh, yeah. that that Jets offen- uh, defensive line is no joke. Nasty, yeah. So that will be a huge part of it. Um, it it's already been kind of apparent with the Vikings that if you can uh, really get penetration on that line and get uh, Cousins floating around. Uh, you can beat that team. Yeah, it, it, it's just the, it, it's the old thing that I always say where Cousins kind of has that Jay Cutler in him. Yep. Where, like, once things kind of start spiraling, he just has no ability to right the ship. Yep. And if the Jets are making his life uncomfortable, I mean, he could easily have a game where he throws, like, five interceptions. Too, so. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I think the Jets are, like I said, at least coin flip to win the game, even though, yeah, the Vikings are, are giving three points here. Yeah, I think the Vikings uh, do pull it out. Um, I think that the Jets keep it interesting. Um, I, I just, I have to give the edge to Justin Jefferson, so. He's awesome. Uh, okay, so uh, let's see here. I'll head over to um, Jacksonville versus Detroit. That game's in Detroit, right? Yes. Boy. Uh, I mean, both two two teams that started really poorly that have, have. been playing pretty well recently. Um, <laughs> For at least a few games. It's just kind of one of those games where, like, going into the year, you would have been, like, Jacksonville and Detroit. Who wants to watch that? But it's actually, I think, one of, like, just, like, it might be, like, one of the more entertaining games this week because I think there's probably going to be a lot of points that get scored. Yeah. And in a game like that, I guess I tend to default to the better quarterback, and that's Trevor Lawrence. And so that's who I think is going to win. They might they might win like sixty to fifty five, because neither of those teams play any defense. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I I was high on the Jaguars coming into the year. They've been a, I was too. They've been a letdown, but uh, a little bit. Uh, I, I I still think Trevor Lawrence is, is good, and I think he's better than Goff. So you do? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I think Lawrence is uh, is definitely um, well. That's not comparing him with much, but I, I do think that Trevor Lawrence is still he's gonna he's gonna be a star in this in this league. Um, I actually thought that he would be a little bit better by now, but I did too. Um, uh, but you know uh, that team uh, definitely needs uh, a few more pieces and. This um this year was kind of a, a gel year for them. Well, so. and like we always make the excuse with Fields that he had to go through the year of Matt Nagy. Yeah, like the Lawrence situation with Urban Meyer was actually yeah that, that was that was actually worse. That was like that was like not only terrible coaching but just terrible culture, terrible example setting, just yeah a, a complete circus. So Jacksonville by one is the uh, line there, and the matchup predictor has 57.7 for Jacksonville, 41.8 for Detroit. And is that, a, is that a noon game? Actually, where is that? Uh, that rather, is a noon game. I'd rather watch that and than Bears Packers. <laughs> it's on Fox. It will probably be on TV here. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Like, ah, they're going to put the Bears and Packers on. 
I don't. Uh, well, what are the Vikings? Playing? Because the thing is, is the Jets are uh, Jets Minnesota is at noon as well. So that's on, is that CBS? That will probably be on CBS, and this Lions game might be on Fox. Uh, Fox here. So I'm, I'm laughing. No, they're going to put the Packer game on. I'm laughing about this uh, Denver Rams game on Christmas Day still. <laughs> are they going to make like Tony Romo show up for that? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, cheese balls at, uh, at, at Bears, uh, matchup predictor 65.8 for Green Bay, 33.8 for the Bears, and the spread is Green Bay by four and a half, um, which is pretty damn disrespectful, uh, but, you know, um, this team is just not good, uh, the, uh, defense is an absolute sieve, uh, Right now, it's showing Brisker and Gordon and Vildor all as questionable. Uh, I don't even, if you have those three guys out, I, who we don't even know the names of the guys that are going to be playing there. Um, you know, I, I, if uh, Rodgers plays, which I think he probably will, um, this connection that he's established with Christian Watson is pretty undeniable. Uh you know, a few of those are going to happen. Um, I just don't see it. No, I was surprised it was only four and a half, to be honest. Maybe four and a half is uh, assuming Fields plays. I think if you... It could be one and a half. I'd still say it's pretty damn disrespectful. <laughs> I, I think I think that if uh, Fields is ruled out, it probably goes to like six. So, I don't know. I think, I mean, if you just look at the Bears injury report, right? I mean... Larry Borum, DNP, Jaquan Brisker, DNP, Kyler Gordon, DNP, Dante Pettis, Riley Reef, Trevor Simeon, Ugh. DNP. So, like, add that onto Fields. I guess Claypool is on the injury report, limited. I assume that means he'll play. Uh, somebody named Sterling Weatherford. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> is, 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 is uh, did not practice. So, like, the Bears are really banged what? up. Sterling? Do you know who he is? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, the, the the thing is with this is that you know Rodgers is going to want to come down here and win. As, as we talked about earlier, who knows if, if this could even be his last game at Soldier, his last game in the NFL. We don't know. But, you know, the, the Packers. We can only hope. The Packers are still better than the Bears, obviously, even though they've had a really disappointing year. Like, the only thing would be, you know, who knows if, if maybe they're kind of checked out after losing to Philadelphia and basically, for all intents and purposes, being eliminated. But you know Rodgers will want to come down here and win. You know that the veterans on that Packers defense are not going to want to come down and lose a game to Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman or the Lions guy that they signed, whoever is the starting quarterback. So probably another loss for the Bears. And as I just discussed with the tank, rankings that's not the worst thing as much as it sucks losing to the Packers so and and the thing is too because there was like there's been a lot of debate because like obviously you always want to beat the Packers no matter what the records are but it's like not only are the Bears not playing for anything the Packers also aren't playing for anything (laughs) which is that that's the first time in a long time so like beating them it's like it's one thing in a year where like if you could beat them and like mess up their playoff ranking or knock them out of the division lead or whatever but the packers are out of it too yeah they're both playing out the string so yeah don't care still hope we smash them in the face all right well i hope the bears lose because i want that second round or that second I, I, I this this one game it's like i don't care whether it knocks us down i want to see us win i hope it's not a blowout for sure like you'd hate to see the packers come in and win by like 30 but 
but this Bears also with it with with the chance that it, it's 12's last game in green and gold. See him get bitch slapped would be awesome. <laughs> it would be fun. I, I if if they could beat Rodgers and you know there's just not that many times that's happened. Yeah, so exactly. You, you, you'll 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 never be unhappy about it, but. I don't, I don't see it with this roster. It's just not good. No, it's probably not going to happen. So, well, anyway, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you go to the uh, Twitter and ask us some questions. And, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. And, hey, after this game, we're, we're finally going to have a week off. Ah, there, so. Yes, yes. <laughs> Bear down. Yep.